Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey there, welcome back into the Leaning into Leadership podcast. My guest this week on the show hails from a university that so many of us this past March were rooting like crazy for. Yes, the bracket buster of this most recent NCAA tournament, the St. Peter's University Peacocks. That is the alma mater of my guest, Mr. Nick Edwards. Nick is the principal of an amazing elementary school called Smalley School in Boundbrook, New Jersey. Nick has taught elementary school. He's been a head football coach, a head baseball coach. Nick is a very proud Peacock alum, having played baseball at St. Peter's then college, now university, in Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm excited to share this conversation with you that I had recently with Nick Edwards. Before we get to that, just a very quick thought, and that would be this. Folks, the dates are starting to fill up. It's time to start thinking about your fall professional development and the message that you want to send to your staff, your teachers, your paraprofessionals, your bus drivers, your folks working in the kitchen, your secretaries. Folks, they all need to hear that positive message to start the school year, that gust of hope, if you will, something to lift them up and to help them feel positive. Reach out and let's have a conversation. I've got a great message that I want to bring to your school to lift your folks up, to set them on the right path for an incredible school year, honestly, to get their school year on the road to awesome. So let's have a conversation soon. All the contact info you need is in the show notes. That's what I'm talking about today. And now let's get on to this really amazing interview with Nick Edwards. Nick is going to share with us the five keys to success for new principles. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Enjoy it, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. My guest today, Nick Edwards, a principal from Central Jersey. Nick, I am so excited to have you on the show. You're back. You're better than ever. Nick, welcome to Leaning Into Leadership. Darren, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be here. You know, I, I'm glad I got you on Twitter. I found you. You helped me out with some things. Uh, your motivational weekly messages and daily are, are very inspirational, and I'm glad we connected, and I'm glad and humbled up. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I appreciate our connection as well. Um, it's it's interesting how, you know, over time, and it, I think I've been on Twitter since maybe 2012, so about 10 years, um, over time, how we make more and more and more connections. And I really feel like maybe in the last couple of years, and certainly, you know, we can we can blame the pandemic for it um, or yeah. give it credit, I guess. This wouldn't be a blame thing. But the last couple of years, I just feel like the number of meaningful connections that I have on Twitter, not just, you know, X number of followers, but the meaningful connections, I think, just continue to get deeper and deeper. I don't know if you see that or not. Yeah, I mean, once I got on, I got on a couple of years ago and, you know, became really good friends with some guys that do the Unlock the Middle, my buddy Dean over there, and yeah. uh, are those guys. And, you know, we text. You know, we keep in, in, the, in check with one another. You know, 
Josh is an amazing guy, you know, always giving something inspirational to the to the group. And just connecting and finding leaders out there and learning from them. It's it's my professional development. You know, I, I love listening to podcasts, getting ideas and just learning about other people and what they what they do that are great so I could try to implement them in, in uh in our building here. Yeah, and you and you mentioned, you know, two just awesome, awesome guys. I had the opportunity to be on the Unlock the Middle uh, podcast maybe a year or so ago. And um, just just an awesome show. Two guys who just they do it right. They really do. Yeah. So um so so for my listeners who don't know you or or maybe just just follow you on social media, um maybe maybe just give it a little bit of your background, kind of that elevator, you know, version of here's who Nick Edwards is. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, my whole life is just basically working with children my whole life. I knew when I was younger uh, with sports, I had some great mentors, some great teachers, principals, and coaches. And I knew that I wanted to become a teacher and I wanted to become a coach. That was my goal when I was younger. So I went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. And then I went on to St. College, now St. Peter's University in uh, Jersey City. And I went to elementary education. And I became a teacher coach in Kearney, New Jersey. I taught fourth grade for about 11 years. I was the head football coach there for about two years. And I also coached baseball along the way, some assistant coaching. And then I was hired in Boundbrook as an assistant principal in 2018. And uh, within three weeks, I became the principal, which was something uh, shocking. Uh, the principal took another job. So, you know, I basically became a, a teacher to principal. And uh, it was uh, a nervous time in my life because you're coming to a new community, a new school, new staff, new students. They don't know who I am. They don't know how I'm going to do. And uh, I just wanted to come in and, and just listen to staff. You know, what had to be talked about, what is working, what's not working, and just try to, they one build a relationship. And... Uh, that's what we've done here. We, we, we've done a lot of good things at Smalley School the last couple of years. I have a wonderful staff. Uh, they're just dedicated to caring people. And uh, this is my fourth year as a principal and uh, excited for the end of the year. we got a lot of busy things coming up, state testing and summatives and end of the year things, class trips. So we're almost there. It's been a difficult year, uh, you know, just getting back in the swing of things in education and the kids back in the building. But um we're almost there. They're, the teachers are doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. You're at that point now where, where you, you can see the runway and you're trying to get the plane lined up so you can get that thing on the ground safely. So um, I want to go back to something that you just talked about there um, in, in your introduction. And mm -hmm. uh, it's something I've always found, I don't know if fascinating is quite the right word, but it's definitely something that, that I think is very interesting. And it's really that leadership connection between um, between being a coach and going on to being a school level or, or ultimately district level administ administrator, if that's if that's where a person goes. But I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, you had this. You had all of three weeks as an assistant principal. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty short run. So it's not like you had a lot of time to to really feel like, hey, I've got this figured out. Um, right. I was an assistant principal for five years, so so a little <laughs> difference there. And and by the way, when I moved into the principalship, I didn't have it figured out yet. Um, I mean, you just until you do it, you don't know. But right. um, what I'm curious about was 
Was there anything in kind of that coaching background that you could draw off of as you transitioned into this? I, I just, I think there's some transferable skills. Yeah, I, I think, you know, some of the highlights that I had as coaching is one, you have to listen to your assistant coach. You know, so I had a great bunch of guys as my assistant coach in Carney. They're all doing successful things right now as head coaches in high school or in college. Uh, some of them in college. So you need to listen to your assistant coaches. And that's what I feel, you know, my teachers are. Our teachers, they're, they're, they're a team. Every email I send out starts with team or team smallie. So to hear them, to listen to them, they have their ideas. They, they're, they're professional. You know, so I need, I need to listen to them with their ideas to share with our building, share with our community and our parents. I think listening is definitely uh, an important trait to have when you get into this. I think you have to be yourself. In the beginning, you know, I, I didn't know how to be the leader or the principal. I just thought, okay, what am I good at? I'm good at listening good at caring for others um i have to i have a, a good knowledge of, of of running you know i was a assistant director of an after school program and a summer program so i thought of things that are important okay safety is number one so what do i have to look at throughout the building that is going to be a major concern to me with 500 kids in the building okay is this going to be safe is the pickup uh drop off in the morning okay so thinking of things like that and then just you know, listening to other principals in the district, reaching out to them. Um, okay, you guys have the experience. You know, what are some things that I that I should look for? And this is what I'm thinking. What do you think of that? So basically just listening was the most important thing to, to listen to the staff and also just being who I was and wanting to be a great leader for the, the staff, but also to be a great leader for the kids. So... That brings up another question in my mind. Um, there were so many times during, you know, my my principalship, and then also, you know, being a superintendent, where I had the opportunity to mentor, you know, an emerging leader. So, um, not just you know supporting and and grooming my assistant principals, but taking on someone who was working through, you know, their master's program, and you know, doing an internship or something like that. And invariably, invariably, they would say somewhere through the experience wow so that's what you do as a principal or wow i cannot believe i just witnessed that what what are some of those things i mean you go from being a teacher in a completely different place to being a principal there had to be those few that you were like whoa i didn't know this right. when i was in the classroom what what are a couple of those takeaways yeah, I mean, some of those things, like you're ready to do the announcements and then all of a sudden you have an irate parent walk in and what are you going to do? You, you have to, okay, we got to throw a curveball. So you ask the principal or you ask a student um, to, to get the announcements rolling and they have fun with it. And, and, you know, you meet with that parent. Yeah, there's a chain of command, but, you know, you want to fix things before they get, uh, you know, that fire really rolling. And we don't want to do that. So just listening uh, to the parents, you know, curveballs are, Okay, we're about to have uh, a, a, a testing go on with the, with the school, and all of a sudden a fire alarm gets pulled by accident. Okay, where to come from? How to it go? It's the first. It's the first day of school I, this year. It was you know the first day of school, a uh, student pulled the alarm by accident, and uh, the teachers were in shock. And you know they did a tremendous job. They got the kids out of the building. It, you know things that they've done in the past. Kids were out safe. 
we had our fire drill completed. Um, and you're, you know, you, you get you <laughs> checking get off the list. That's it. We're good for September. So you That's get right. those curveballs thrown to you that every day you do not know what's going to happen. It could be a wonderful day. Um, you know, you could have um, DCP and B come in. You could have issues, you know, social workers come in to help students. Um, you could have just a wonderful day that some great things going on. But every day it's different. It's unique. And uh, that's what I love about it. You don't, you don't know what to expect, but you have to bring your A game every single day. And you have to have everyone in place to help one another to make the best decisions for the kids and, and for one another. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, for me, the the thing I loved most about and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I identify as a recovering high school principal. I always will as my all-time favorite job. Um, I enjoyed being a superintendent. I really did. But being a high school principal, oh, man, it's just such an amazing job. And um, something, you know, there that's exactly what you just talked about. You can have a plan for your day. And and sometimes you actually complete the plan. But you never know what your day is going to be. And I, I remember people would ask, and that's why I didn't ask you the question the way I did. You know, what's a typical day like for a principal? there's no such thing, no, right? no such thing. Yeah. There's no such thing. Yeah. It, it is. It, you do not know what's going to come. You do. You just don't know what's going to occur. And you're, you're praying that, Hey, you're, you're having a great morning coming in. You're ready to sleep. You know, your, your children slept in, you got a couple hours. And then first thing there's an accident outside or a drop hole for the bus broke down and it, it, you just don't know what's going to occur. So uh, you have yeah. to be ready. And, you know, that's that's the fun thing about this job that you have to make the best decisions for the children and the safest decisions for them, uh, first and foremost. And, and that's what we try to do here. And, you know, I, I try to use my team and something that I've worked on within you know the last year is, is, is just delegation. You know, I didn't know in the beginning I felt that, OK, I'm the principal. I have to do everything. I have to do this. I have to do that. But. I was burning myself out. I'm like, how do people do this? Job? And then as you know, this is my fourth year. I'm getting a little bit better, you know, delegating here. Let's you can, my sister principal, you can take this job. My secretary is wonderful, you know, doing things with me. And, and I think then you start picking on teacher leaders and so forth. And it starts to get easier that way. But, you know, that was, that was a, a week that I had. that I thought I had to do everything. And there's no possible way that you can make decisions every single day. Uh, without bouncing, you know, some ideas off a colleague, a teacher, or your assistant principal, just you won't succeed in this profession. <clears throat> no, and you're you are describing my first year as a principal, and you know the difference being my assistant principal years I had two different roles as an AP, both in the same building that I became the principal, and just moving down the hallway from one office to another. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a difficult transition. And somehow that first year I was, I was the same. I thought I had to know everything. I thought I had to do everything. I thought I had to have the answer to everything um, to the point where I resented my assistant principals at three. I resented them at times <clears throat> because I didn't feel like they were doing anything. Well, that right. was on me. I wouldn't air mm -hmm. fault. I wouldn't mm -hmm. give them anything. You know right. I mean? At right. one point I walked in and two of them are in, in in an office together and they're just i don't know they're kind of goofing around and i'm like 
what are you guys doing? And they're like, I don't know, Darren, right. tell us, what do you need us to do? You are doing everything. And mm -hmm. that's kind of when it hit me, you know, well, that's why I'm breathing through a snorkel or, well, a scuba right. tank. I mean, I was so far underwater. I, the, the snorkel wasn't helping. It was, it was scuba mm -hmm. tank for me. Yeah. And, and even now too, it's like, what else can I do? Because I'm always thinking as well as that, am I being a good mentor for my assistant principal? You know, it's her first year. And, you know, we, we had lunch the other day and just to have a conversation, Hey, what else do you need? Am I doing okay? And, and are, are you learning this from me? Do you want to learn this from me? I'm going to show you just to have those conversations because you got to take a step back and think about who you're molding. You know, you, you want to pick their ideas. And that's the main thing is that at the end of the day, you're going to make the decision that you think is best for the children. And, um, you know, we have to give each other ideas and bounce ideas off to see if we're going to be successful doing that. And I think just talking and getting the ideas out there, but also just having those those discussions and questions to one another, is it, are we doing this okay? Am I doing this okay? And if I'm not, okay, what can I do to better improve myself in helping you? Okay, maybe I reach out to a friend. Hey, how do you do this with it? How do you do that? Um, and I think it's just, you know, picking people's brains. So let, let's let's kind of build on that just a little bit, because you wrote a blog recently, um, right. Five Keys to Success for a New Principal. Yes. So let's let's kick those five around. Let's talk about them a little bit in any order, um, you know, start with one and, and let's let's pick those things apart a little bit. Yeah, I, I think, you know, most importantly was, you know, being visible. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing as when I wanted to become a principal, I wanted to make sure that I was visible for students and the staff to be that number one instructional leader, to get into the classroom and look what the teacher's doing, just informal walkthroughs. And I think in the beginning, the teachers are tentative and they're nervous because you're the principal. They don't know you yet. Uh, so that when they when you walk in the classroom, they're a little nervous of, okay, what is he going to look for? Uh, is he going to nitpick this, that, that? And I just wanted to listen to how they were going about things. And, you know, the next day I would put a sticky note on their door. Hey, great job. I love this idea. Or, hey, can you come by my office and explain this a little bit more? I'm kind of interested in it. And I think just setting the tone of going through the halls, checking in, giving a thumbs up. I go every single day in the morning. It's my routine. Thumbs up. If they need me, they'll call me in. Check in on the students. Uh, we do our announcements. Uh, so we just set the tone uh, of, of just that positive environment, that welcoming in the morning. Uh, we, I, I, I talked about, you know, being visible. I talked about reaching out to the community, you know, getting as much information out as possible. I don't think you can uh, get in trouble with throwing information out to the parents. You know, I do a weekly message to the parents on a YouTube video just to give them any information that's going on in the building. Um, if it's the students of the month, uh, we did our state, we start our state testing this week just to give them a heads up of, uh, you know, what's going on in the classroom uh, or in the building. Uh, listening to that. Uh, I talked about, you know, listening to staff, you know, building those relationships with the staff. I think that was the biggest thing that I wanted to do was have conversations with them, check-ins, what's going on, you know, at home. That's, that's my biggest concern. You know, we, we look in this profession 
as we're always thinking about just the teacher and we want great teachers in our building to teach our children. But I believe sitting down, uh, my assistant principal and I, we did check-ins in the beginning of the year. You know, we just went through COVID. We went through teaching at home, people being at home, uh, parents being at home, teachers teaching with their own whiteboard. I mean, we went through a crazy time. And now they're back in the building and we have to see how they are doing and uh, how their family is doing, you know? I have conversations every day with my teachers. If there's some something going on with a family member um, or, a, or a sick child, you know, I tell them, you got emergency, you go. You know, family is first. That's with me. With everything, family always comes first uh, to get out there. So having those conversations with the teachers on their daily, you know, lives, it, it plays a huge part with them. Um, uh, talked about the, you're not going to know all the questions. You're not going to know all the answers. That was a big thing for me my first year was, okay, they asked me a question. I'm new to the district. I, I don't even know some of the things that go on in the district. And I thought I have an answer right away. And that was a terrible thing to do in the beginning. And then I started you know, listening to other leaders and listening to, uh, reaching out to other colleagues and realize, okay, the best thing is to say, I don't know this, but I will get back to you. And I think as time went on, I started doing that. And even to this day, you know, if I don't know a question, you know, I'll find out and I'll get back to you. And I think they appreciate that more when you don't have an answer instead of you're trying to make up one because you want to you want to think you know it and you want to support them. Uh, but sometimes you don't have the answer. And new, and that was a that was an issue that I had. You know, my first year of just not knowing the answers to the the questions that the teachers were coming to me. Uh, so I struggled with that. But as they saw that, I, you know, I would apologize. I don't know it. I think they appreciated and respected me more because I was honest with, them. you know, I'm not there yet, um, but I'll get an answer for you uh, to get. So, you know, those those are just some of the things um, to trying to move, move forward as a, as a first year. Um, just, just trying to get used to becoming a principal, being visible, getting information out. You're going to make mistakes. Um, and what you do with that uh, moves, moves on in a, in a better direction. Yeah. And, and, the, and of course, the fifth one was taking ownership. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hit on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah you did. You, you kind of feathered that through there. You make a mistake. Uh, it's on me. And, and I believe, you know, that's. That's something as I as I get older, I, I think it's a strength. We talked about this earlier. I think it's a strength that you could take that ownership and say, hey, I messed up. I'm the principal. I'm the leader of the building. And if it's going to fall on me, it, I have to tell you that it's going to fall on me. I made the mistake. I thought this was going to work. It didn't work out the way. So I'm going to make adjustments. And I'll fix it to improve. And I'll, I'll take all information and considerations in moving forward. And I, I, I think that helps any leader. Uh, coaching, principal, superintendent, even teacher. Uh, we all make mistakes, and it's okay to take ownership, but we but we have to take ownership. You can't blame others uh, because that's the weakness. Oh, absolutely. Man, I think that's, you know, what, what you hit on there is just so critical. Um, it and, and just listening to you talk about that brought me back in my own mind to a situation during my principalship, and we made a mistake. And ultimately, I owned the mistake 
I remember calling a staff meeting specifically just to talk about that and just apologizing, you know, and telling the staff, you know, hey, I made a mistake with this. The information I gave you was not accurate. I was standing behind it because I believed in it, but I was wrong. And I apologize for that. And I'm going to go and I'm going to make it right. And I remember a handful of teachers over the course of the next couple of days coming out of their way to say something to me about how much they appreciated me taking that ownership and how much they appreciated the apology. And, and more importantly, that then we went and got it fixed. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's fix the issue. Let's not just sweep it under the rug. You know, let's, mm-hmm. hey, we all screw up. Let's own yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's uh, let's transition just a little bit here. Um, I uh, I I know that uh, you know right now it's when we're recording this it's late April and so we're we're still a few weeks removed from it. But um, obviously we just you know we just got through the NCAA tournament and the darlings of the NCAA tournament, of course, was your alma mater, St. Peter's mm-hmm. University, formerly St. Peter's College. What was that experience like for you? And and just I guess in in the area where you are, um, I mean the whole country was was in love with with St. Peter's. But mm-hmm. what what was that experience like for for you? Yeah, I, I mean I was uh, you know I li- I grew up in North Arlington, but I played went to high school in Jersey City, uh, played up summer leagues for baseball in Jersey City, and I, I just love Jersey City. When I went to St. Peter's College, um, now university, we just, you know, the Peacocks, that's what, that's what we try to say. Uh, you know, I played baseball there. I played uh, center field for the baseball team, and we weren't good. Uh, the program, you know, we struggled. We had a lot of great players in, in the high school um, area in Jersey City, and we thought we were going to be this all-star team, and uh, it didn't pan out that way. So. You, it brought back, however, those friendships. It brought back, you know, connecting with people online, old friends, old, um, you know, teammates. It was pretty cool how everyone was getting back involved. And it was like, you know what? You felt proud uh, about being a Peacock. And it, it makes it even better. You know, I got my St. Peter's baseball jacket in my office, uh, hanging out. People are coming in. Oh, you went to St. Peter's? So it, it brought a life, uh, life back to uh, the you know good old Jersey City and and the St. Peter's alumni, and uh, it, it's it, it's it's really it was really really cool. You know, people were just shocked on what was going on. I think people were off, and it was it ruined everyone's bracket, which was even better. Uh, you know, <laughs> seeing everyone's bracket get messed up, and you know you're you're, you're always I'm always rooting for the underdog. You know. Uh, so it was pretty cool to see, you know, St. Peter's go that far. You know, kudos to the coach and those players, and um, excited to see what what comes out of uh, St. Peter's and the athletic program and uh, everything else going on. So, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely some national exposure for the program and and for you know for the university itself, and um, they they were a lot of fun to watch, and and obviously, you know it they've got their own crowd, but like you said, they were the underdog. They were kind of that Cinderella team. So, you know, it ended up being, unless, you know, you were a fan of the team they were playing against, mm-hmm. everybody else was rooting for them. So I'm sure yeah, they, yeah. they enjoyed that. They enjoyed that boost and, and definitely helped kind of, kind of fuel that run for them. Um, so we were talking 
before we hit the record button, and and I want to I want to dig into this just a little bit. Um, I'd ask you, you know, at your school, what's what's going well? You know, mm-hmm. what what are some of your struggles? And when you talked about what was going well, what was positive, you talked about this development of a lot of different clubs to get your kids involved at school. Um, what what are you seeing as the benefits from that? And what kind of involvement are we talking about? What kind of clubs have you guys created? Yeah, so that was something that I wanted to really get going this this year and get going in the school. We never we didn't have any clubs, and I felt that. With COVID, children being home, not being a part of teams, not being a part of any clubs or seeing one another, uh, it was important to get some clubs going. So, you know, I, I reached out to staff. I, I did a poll with students what clubs that they would be interested in maybe starting to give them uh, sort of some ownership and some ideas. And I took, you know, the main ones. Um, we have a robotics club which is really, really awesome. We have a middle school program and our high school is nationally ranked. So we started a robotics club. We have about 35 students in that. We have students that are in a high school team come down and supervise with two of our teachers. So they, they built things, they've done some coding. So they're getting acclimated to the different types of technology versions and uh, the robotic uh, part of it. So, that's been awesome. Our drama club is really, really going. We have about 30 students as well. Uh, our, our two teachers, our two fifth grade teachers, you know, get on stage with the kids. We're going to try to be a part of the high school play, uh, which would be really awesome for the kids to get that, uh, you know, recognition and showcase, see how it is. We have a garden <coughs> uh, club, which we have a small area outside. We made an outdoor classroom. We have uh, some some flowers out there. We have planters. We have a blackboard out there. Um, we have stumps for tables, some games, so teachers can go out there in the spring and have their class go on. So our garden club, you know, cleans it up, makes it look nice and neat, plants some flowers. So that's that just started with the spring coming, so that's, it's looking really neat outside. We have a uh, newspaper club just for our third graders. So they, they go around, they give interviews, they talk about things that are going on. So it was really cool. I got interviewed by one of our third grade students. And, you know, he came in with a notepad, a hat, suit on, and he was sharp nice. as anything. And, uh, it was just so cool. So we have our, our uh, number two article coming up this week. Uh, we have our Spanish Literacy Club, which is run by uh, my world language teacher, and they just talk about different literacy books in Spanish. They, they, they do some extra speaking with Spanish. You know, we have a high population of Spanish-speaking students here. So I wanted to incorporate that and and have our, our showcase of, of that language. You know, a lot of students know it. And uh, we need to read some books about it. So that teacher is doing a wonderful job. We have a multicultural club coming up in June uh, night. We're going to have some speakers and some parents involved. In our last one, we uh, we had we brought back student council. We have our student council in grade six, and uh, we have our ambassadors in all the other grades. But it's it's cool to have our our new leaders of the building, our president, and vice president, and they help us out with a lot of decisions. They do our morning announcements now, and uh, it, it's just a big a big hit for the school. Just having these students, we have about 150 students, 175 students in a club out of our 550. So we have a couple students coming up to me in the hallway in the morning. Hey, can we have a checkers club next year? Can we have this baseball club next year? So 
it's bringing some spark to the school and also to get involved uh, with something after school and, and work on those social skills, uh, building as a team builder and also just getting their, their own uh, feelings out on something that they like to care about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, the research is real clear, you know, when kids are connected to their school, you know, in some significant way outside of the classroom, the odds of their success uh, goes up, uh, goes up dramatically. So kudos to you and, and your staff on finding some ways to get kids connected to the school and to give them some positive things to do after school, you mm-hmm. know, other than, you know, other than, you know, just be at home or, or whatever the case right. may be. Um, so my final question for you, Nick, um, same question I ask everybody on the podcast. It's, this is the leaning into leadership podcast, and you've shared a number of ways that you're leaning into your leadership right now. What might be another way that you're leaning into leadership, or maybe there's one you've already talked about that you just want to expand on? You know, something, you know, something personally, like I would love to one day, you know, do what you do, get out there and speak to, you know, schools, um, try to help come up with ideas and support schools. Um, try to talk. I think everyone has everyone's life stories can be so powerful and impactful. And I think people need to just express their stories with one another and, and talk about their life struggles, um, how they got there, the hard work and so forth. And that's something that, you know, I try to do. I wasn't the best student. I struggled in my academics. I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. You know, I was doing everything I, I, I thought that I wanted to do in the future, but you realize that you need, something to fall back on. And I remember being a teacher and it was my, about my 10th year. And I was like, I want to, I want to be a principal. I, I really want to take that next step. And I knew that I had some good character traits, just being a leader, uh, just from coaching and seeing what other good principals did. And I took some of a little bit of each principal that, um, I worked under and took some of their attributes and, used whatever that I thought I believed in. And where we're, where I'm at, I'm, I'm pretty happy of where I'm at. I want to continue to be better. I, I don't think you could take a day off and not learn. I, I just, I'm at a stage right now that I'm hungry to, um, to just try to help our school be better with our staff. And, uh, you know, one day maybe be, you know, like a, like a Joe Sanfilippo or and get out there and speak. And, you know, that's, that's the goal. And it's something that, you know, one day, maybe uh, my daughters get older, and you know, I got my seven months and my three-year-old, and I got to take time with the family. And maybe there's one day, but just to continue to learn um, from people like you and other uh, great leaders out there, I, I think just learning and continue to to uh, pick their brains and see what they do, I, I think is the best professional development for me right now. Just trying to get as much information as possible. Well, we, there's certainly a ton of that professional development you referenced a little bit earlier with, with utilizing Twitter and LinkedIn. It's just a great way to connect, a great way to learn, a great way to grow. Folks, you'll find all of Nick's uh, contact information. So you want to get connected with Nick. All of that is in the show notes. Make sure that uh, you grab the opportunity to connect with Nick. Um, Nick, thanks so much for being on the Leading into Leadership podcast. Uh, I really, really appreciate the conversation. This was, this was an awesome conversation, and I appreciate having the opportunity to learn from you today. 
can't thank you enough. It's uh, again, it's an honor. I, you know, I love meeting new people, and for them to take the time out for me, you know, just just means the world to me. So I appreciate it so much, Darren. Stay well, and God bless. All right, thanks so much, man. All right, thank you for listening to my interview with Nick Edwards. Uh, I sure had a really good time having that conversation with Nick. He is definitely a high energy guy and somebody who truly cares about his kids, about his school, about his community, and honestly, uh, about the about the state of New Jersey. So, thank you again, Nick, for being a guest on Leaning Into Leadership. I really appreciate that. And now it's time for a quick pep talk. You know. Nick talked about this a little bit during the interview, and this has come up in, in a several interviews. And I actually talked about it uh, recently on a podcast I was interviewed for, and that is the trap that leaders fall into. If you are in any kind of a leadership role, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that trap where you believe you have to be everything for everybody, where you have to have all the answers You have to be the all-knowing, the all-seeing individual. You have to put out every fire. You have to be the person who is always getting things done. Folks, it's not about you. That's what I really want to stress today in the pep talk. As a leader and as you continue to grow, you'll understand or you've discovered that it isn't about you and that to be a great leader Number one, you need to delegate and allow those people around you to do the things they're capable of doing. Number two, you need to listen to them, to take their input and allow your leadership to be something done in collaboration rather than done to other individuals. And number three, take a breath. Get focused on what really matters. You've heard me talk about it before, but get up on that balcony and remember, what are the few things that really, truly matter to you, that truly make a difference, that truly move the needle in your organization? Get up and take a look and check, how am I doing in those areas? And that's where you need to pour your energies, not into trying to solve everybody's problem for them, not in trying to be the answer guy, and not in micromanaging those around you. Thank you so much for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Get out there and have yourself a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.